This is Thinking to Think, the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics, history, culture, philosophy, politics, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. I am your host, the social studies educator, Michael Antonio Aponte, also known as Mr. A. Every Sunday, we will have a new episode within these topics, as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students. So please subscribe, share, listen, and let's build a critical thinking society together. I want to start this episode with a quote from Aristotle. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Now, whether or not he is referring to being able to actively listen to other people and having conversations that may you may disagree with, but still accept the fact that they disagree or just removing your emotions out of certain conversations, especially when it's a logical one. And this is the episode that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about removing your emotions out of decision making. This is very difficult for many people, like most of the steps with critical thinking. However, we are emotional creatures. And, you know, you see everything that's going on today with the 21st century, you know, and it's it's very emotionally driven when you have whether whether it's a child uh, talking about global warming, you know, very passionately um, or whether it's justice, you know, whether in, in the United States and in parts of Europe where they were discussing things with uh, racism people get very passionate about this and and rightfully so but at the same time in order to have proper uh, actions that need to take place you need to remove those emotions and think logically because in the end the road to hell is paved with good intentions so as they say and The most difficult thing in any human can do is to remove the emotional element of a decision. And in many instances, it is the emotional crossroads that has led up to the choices you need to make. For some, this can mean fortune or poverty, longevity or death, uh, lasting love or short-lived passions. Nevertheless, it is when we come to these crossroads that we must use our critical thinking skills. And to introduce this idea, let's make the simplest, most common example. If given a choice of broccoli over pizza, would you choose the broccoli every time? And in my case, uh, of course not. (laughs) One cannot always deny some joys in life. Uh, However, it is the overall conclusions that and goals that should be the driving force of most of your decisions. You must always hold yourself accountable 
Did you choose pizza every time? Are you aware of how your blood pressure or cholesterol levels are performing? Because heart disease being the silent killer to many Americans, for example, um, rings true. What are the repercussions of having one more slice? And if you choose that additional slice, how many times have you repeated those decisions? And this is the compounding of small choices you make, which will eventually carry the largest outcomes of your everyday life. This is is a perfect example when you need to decide if you should think critically or give in to your emotions. This is the way of Stoicism philosophy. Stoicism is a form of philosophy of ancient Greece. However, unlike other forms of philosophy, Stoicism is more of a way of life through action rather than simple theory and advice. Um, A perfect example, many people believe in global warming and how we should take care of the climate, yet many of these people that talk about this, that are very progressive about it, Many times they're, they're, they're using chemicals, they are um, driving vehicles uh, that are very harmful to the environment. So it contradicts. It's, and that's why I'm saying it's the little choices. And with Stoicism, Stoic philosophers wouldn't do that. Many religious Judeo-Christian and Muslim historians credit Stoicism as an influence to the way of life for many that follow in their in their particular dogmas. In many instances, even Buddhism, the samurai's Bushido and Stoicism have many similar features. Stoicism was considered the proper moral and ethical way of life during the Empire of Rome. A proper Roman was considered a person of action. And a proper samurai was considered a man of honor. There was no female samurais. Both of these traits are stoic in nature, but we must not forget also that this is a philosophical way of life and the foundation for critical thinkers. From one of the greatest emperors of ancient Rome, Marcus Aurelius, to Africa's Nelson Mandela, many great leaders of the past have shown a common thread of Stoicism. Without saying the name itself, Stoicism is also found in popular leadership novels you can find today in your favorite bookstore. It is all around us, and yet most have never heard of it. Or misunderstand this form of philosophy, this way of life. In many ways, critical thinking was founded by Stoics of the past. How else, how, excuse me, how else can one analyze a situation, remove the emotions out of the equation, study all the perspectives and evidence, find any causalities, then come up with a conclusion that you may or may not agree with ethically, but still accept it.
This is the essence of Stoicism. Those that wanted to truly understand it sought out its wisdom. This includes, but definitely not limited to Marcus Aurelius, known by many historians as one of the greatest emperors of ancient Rome, Theodore Teddy Roosevelt, former U.S. president, author, and Nobel Peace Prize recipient, Jackie Robinson, professional baseball player, George Washington, who is considered the father of the United States, Frederick the Great, who held the longest reign in the Kingdom of Prussia, and Immanuel Kant, the famous German philosopher and one of the main Enlightenment thinkers of his time. Now, now allow me to elaborate with three examples that show Stoic practices and its philosophies through their actions. And before I continue, I do want to thank you for listening. And please do not forget to share. Share it with your friends, family, social media, and help me spread the word. Help me uh, expand this platform. I would love it if you can do that for me. I have zero marketing. I just do this out of passion and because I'm a teacher. Um, I love teaching and I'm hoping I can help others as well. So if you think this is useful, even remotely useful, please share and follow. Let's start with Marcus Aurelius. He was born in 121 AD and died 180 AD. Was one of the greatest emperors of Rome during his reign from 161 AD to 180 AD. And during his reign, a pandemic uh, named the Antonian Plague occurred throughout the Roman Empire. Most people wanted the emperor to flee, but he refused. He lost most of his fortune, sold personal possession, and lost six children, which totaled the loss of 13 children altogether. But despite this, he not only stayed, but attended funerals and spoke to the people. And he stated, and I'm paraphrasing here, a pandemic can kill you, but it can only harm you if it ruins your character. Aurelius did not believe his duty was to be an emperor, but to be a citizen. He was there for the people and stayed with the people. Aurelius also did not panic and remained focused on the end goal in mind, the survival of Rome. The plague ended the year of Marcus Aurelius' death in 180 AD, but later returned after nine years. Nevertheless, uh, the emperor's leadership and example of removing the emotions out of his decisions are still studied, discussed, and imitated today. A leader sets the example and must be of calm mind during tremendous emotional hurdles. This is the best and sometimes only way to make sound decisions. Excuse me. I am so sorry. My dog is with me and I know you heard that in the background and I do apologize. In 1912, now this is the second example, would be Theodore Roosevelt. And during his campaigning for president of the United States, he walked out of the Gilpatrick Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And on his way to a speech, 
he was shot in the chest with a 38 handgun. He survived the wounds thanks to his thick eyeglass case and a thick roll of paper, which happened to be his speech. Now, notwithstanding being shot and wounded by the would-be assassin, he refused to go to the hospital. He was encouraged by his staff to go, but he argued and insisted on giving the speech to the packed crowd for his independent campaign for president. He walked on stage, quieted the crowd, and said, I don't know whether you fully understood that I have just been shot, but it will take more than that to kill a bull moose. This example shows how you are your own limitations. You accept what happens and you deal with the situation at hand. You do not dwindle on the emotions, but you embrace and appreciate and deal with the situation. Furthermore, Roosevelt knew this was an opportunity to set an example rather than see the obstacle. Every unexpected situation in your life is an opportunity to rise. And I hope you remember that. Another example of removing the emotions, um, not only to make sound decisions, but as a form of retaliation would be from the professional baseball player, Jackie Robinson, who was born 1919 and died 1972. Now, prior to 1947, people of color were not allowed to play professional baseball. However, the Dodgers became the first team to sign a black man into their team as a sign to end racial segregation in the sport. The conversation from Jackie Robinson and the president and general manager of the Dodgers, uh, Branch Rickey, I believe, uh, went something like this. Do you have the guts? In which Robinson replies, Mr. Rickey, are you looking for a Negro who is afraid to fight back? Rickey retorts, Robinson, I'm looking for a ball player with the guts enough not to fight back. These are powerful words that took shape and created the legacy that Jackie Robinson is praised for, not within the sport, but throughout modern history and empowerment of the civil rights movement. Robinson also understood that if he did fight back, it would not only end his career, but would reverse the desegregation movement that was occurring. Moreover, this would not be an easy task since he still had to deal with Jim Crow laws and segregation while he traveled with the team. He was refused rooms in hotels, restaurants, and opposing teams and their fans shouting racial slurs. He was not only tested, but agreed to take a, quote, friendly photo with the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, Ben Chapman, who a month prior shouted, a, shouted racial slurs throughout the entire game in order to save the manager's career. He took this picture. However, he did it because he knew it was part of a larger plan. The great experiment of desegregation and equal opportunity 
Moreover, he understood if he wanted to follow his passion of baseball, he had to tolerate the intolerance of others. Within his 10 years, Robinson won Rookie of the Year, All-Star for six consecutive seasons, and the Most Valuable Player Award. His uniform, number 42, was retired across all the teams in the sport. And on Jackie Robinson Day, every player on every team wears the number 42. These examples show that removing the emotions out of your choices in life, especially the hard choices, are not easy but is necessary and rewarding. So how can you begin this process? You might ask yourself. We need to dive deeper in the philosophy of Stoicism, to begin your process of removing the emotions out of your decision. The four virtues of Stoicism is wisdom, justice, courage, and temperance. Temperance meaning moderation. And many universities and philosophical professors still analyze and discuss what this really details. But in essence, Wisdom is divided into the deep study and knowledge of good sense, calculation, wittiness, discretion, and resourcefulness. This means to have wisdom, one needs to have different forms of not only critical thinking, but also know when to use it, when to speak, when to shut up and listen. Justice is divided into fair dealing, equity, um, um, piety, and honesty. This is not necessarily about law and order for yourself, but how to work and act with others. How to treat others less fortunate as well as your enemies. Courage uniquely does not conform to the modern definition of how we use the word, but takes it deeper into embracing and practicing the uncomfortable life. Stoicism encourages you to have opponents, not necessarily from other people, but rather circumstances. By giving yourself uncomfortability, you begin to appreciate what you have. Then there is temperance or having moderation. And this can be excess of anything from emotions to luxury. For example, if you are feeling ecstasy due to another individual, whether it's love, lust, or whatever, you need to take time alone and get uncomfortable without that person. If you are wealthy, you need to take a few days and walk away from your wealth and luxury. As for temperance, it is the essence from the idea of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now that you hopefully understand the four values, once you combine these features, then you can begin the ideas of removing the emotions out of your decision. It may sound difficult, maybe even impossible, but with practice, you can do it. 
this becomes easier over time, but you need to take the first step. This can include journaling at the end of your day, a summary of not only how your day went, but an analysis of the decisions you made, right or wrong, and what led you to those decisions. Marcus Aurelius' book called Meditation was an actual journal of the late emperor that was published. Those writings were not meant for others to read, but more on reflections of thoughts for himself. Another method you can begin using, or should I say avoid, is writing things down that you intentionally wanted to share in social media, but not posting it. Right? When you write it down and then you shred it, it gives you that moment before you decide to display your emotions to the world. And if this doesn't work, begin with an exercise routine to eliminate some of your current emotions before you make a decision or say something you will most likely regret later. Social media is notorious for destroying personal lives and career opportunities. Do not post anything that relates to your current emotional state. Even if it's a positive one, you will only bring attention to yourself and most of the time, regardless of the intentions, would be negative. The overall strategy of removing your emotions out of the decisions and the decision-making process is to combine the features of Stoic philosophy and begin with the end goal in mind. Do the emotions at the moment hinder your goal or help your goal and chances are if you have a goal it will be a painful process to reach it otherwise it wouldn't be a goal it'd just be something you do and if you give in to those emotions you will have only prolonging or eliminating the possibility of success you need to achieve the virtues of stoicism wisdom justice courage and temperance in order to be a strong critical thinker this takes pose resilience and constant practice because chances are you will fail a lot and that is okay if society was full of stoic philosophers and critical thinkers we would not have half the problems we see today Regardless, when it comes to removing the emotions out of your decision, as Henry Ford once put it, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society. Thank you and have a beautiful week. 